Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode 72 on a very special day. It's the 4th of July. 4th of July. Happy Independence Day, my friend. Happy 4th of July to you and yours. Is that how you say it? I don't yes. know. I think, <laughs> I think there's a Martina McBride song from... What twenty years ago, fifteen years ago? I country country music lovers. I, out there. I recognize the name, and I could not tell you. It's a called Independence thing. Day. It's a little more about girl power, and but um, <laughs> my teenage daughter has discovered it. That makes it. sense. That makes sense. Yeah, so <laughs> my teenage daughter has tracks. discovered it. It's it's a good it's a good song in the Jones household. <laughs> okay, it's so Independence. Have, so so when 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 somebody says Happy Fourth of July to you, yeah. Can you say? And I always wonder this, like when somebody says Merry Christmas or Happy Easter or whatever. Can I say? You too, or back at you, or whatever. Do I have to actually repeat the same words and say when you say Happy Happy Independence Day? Do I have to say also Ooh. Happy Independence Day to you, or is it? That does sounds it, that sounds really weird. I, I or you know whatever. Just, do I, I have don't to know. say it back? You're or? asking the wrong guy. <laughs> or can I just be like, Hey, you too? No, I'm. And I'm, then we're done. Or and, and maybe that's just like I don't like the small talk and we're pretending or whatever. I think, I think you too is appropriate. <laughs> I think you two is appropriate. But I'm always I'm always curious like when somebody's like Merry Christmas, I'm like, "Hey, you too." You're asking the guy you're asking the guy who doesn't like saying God bless you after someone sneezes. <laughs> Did you know that about me? It's I a, didn't know that about you. It's a quirk. You. Well, I I learned a long long time ago that that was based on superstition. Okay. That they believed when you this is back in the Middle Ages when you sneezed that um they believed that demons were at work and something was coming out of you and so they would they would right away say god bless you ah. it was this fearful superstitious protective uh-huh. thing now of course it's it's meant to be like manners right um but it drives me crazy it as a public speaker it drives me crazy that you can be in a room with two or three hundred people and somebody sneezes <laughs> while, some, while, while, while I'm teaching, message. and somebody else goes, well, of course I have to say out loud, God bless you. Bless you. Because if I don't... From across the If road. I don't, what? That's my question. Yeah. If I don't, what's going to happen? Right. But we get offended. We no, get offended. I know, I know that's somebody, why you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> when somebody sneezes and nobody does anything. Watch me. In fact, I, I really? invite no, all my listeners... Nobody's going to bless me? I, our listeners, and, and I, I trust that most of you, if not all of you, would call uh, both Brooke and me your friend. I invite you to just watch. And when you or someone else sneezes in our presence, just look at me and, and see what happens. <laughs> and then tell me if you're offended, because I, I do want to know. Yes. That's really funny. Happy 4th of July, Brooke. <laughs> Nothing? Nope. Nothing? Nope, that's all I got. Happy 4th of July. What a great what a great weekend. What a great country. <laughs> I love like seriously, what 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 comes to mind when you think about I mean 4th of July is not the only big day in our history, but it's right. pretty pretty big deal. Pretty it's a big, big deal. deal. It's kind of a big deal. What what do you think of when you think of Fourth of July and American history and and our country in general. What what thoughts and feelings come to mind? It's funny. I remember, um, like, anytime somebody talks about like you, you talk about Fourth of July, and then there's the, the the parades and all those kinds of things. And I remember um, being like, I mean, like elementary age, and we would deck out our bikes with like red and white and blue. Uh, what's that? What's that? Like tissue paper. But it's only like a couple inches wide or whatever, and we like wrap it through the spokes. Yeah, I know what you mean. I remember like my bike had the the the, the things hanging down from the handles and all yeah. this, and we would ride in the city, uh, in the city parade and and do all those things. And um, I mean, it's it's always it's always fun to just take some time and and celebrate something. And yeah, you know, um, take it's, it, you know like the, this year, my 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 parents are coming and um, they've been here for the weekend and and. Um, Give us a time, just hang out and spend time together, and take time off of basically everything, and yeah. shoot off some fireworks. And you know, the kids love those kinds of things. Actually, my kids get pretty terrified if I get the if I get the bigger ones, which you know that do depends. you do the fireworks? That like, depends on who you are, right? Do you, do you do the fireworks like annually with your kids? I know your kids are little, so we, I I wouldn't be surprised if you don't. We've done we've done several Fourth of Julys in um in branson and uh you know oh, but and, that's over the top and going and going up there and um 
it's actually it's actually kind of fun because if you're if you're out by the lake, like you can see the, yeah. the different, you know, and there's yeah. people shooting them off because it's outside city limits, and so you can see them shooting off fireworks. And some people, it's like, man, I cannot imagine how much money they spend on fireworks because mm-hmm. I'm like, I spent more than I wanted to, and as Daryl would say, that wasn't very much. Um, and uh, he always gives me um, grief on your grief. frugality. Grief is the word I was looking for. Yeah, that was the. The, the more kind word, <laughs> the, you know, of, of my frugality, yes. And I tell him, well, you don't know my dad because I'm not quite as bad. I have good memories of fireworks. I, I I think because I grew up in Germany age 10 through 18, Okay, I, I don't have some of the big kid teenager years yeah. memories that, that I think a lot of people have. That's like, that's probably one of the most fun seasons of life right. to enjoy fireworks that's probably why like freshman year at baylor i enjoyed so much having like roman candle fights with friends Uh right absolutely because it was like a new discovery for me (laughs) you know um but i do have memories of my uncle you know going to buy like way too many fireworks right you know we're at at my grandparents or um i definitely think of food right i think of the lake because that's just our west texas roots we'd we'd go to the lake a lot Uh, i remember it being crowded and yet nobody cared. Um, I, I confess, I think first of fun, food, family. I'm not trying to alliter- be alliterate. Yeah, that's right. Alliterate, sure. Um, but fireworks. Fireworks. Oh, my goodness. Um, French fries. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or are they, free, I'm sorry, freedom fries. Freedom on, fries. Is that, yes. what, is that what they yes. are on the 4th of yes. July? Freedom. You're not allowed to call them French fries. <laughs> when, I don't remember when that was. We were mad at the French, so they were freedom fries. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but then I confess, too, let me flip it. Um, I don't have a military background. I don't, I don't, my dad did not serve. My grandfather did not serve. Um, my grandfather was a farmer. My dad was a preacher. Uh, but a very patriotic family, and, and I think one of the gifts for me and my journey growing up in Europe is to have a very clear understanding of recent history over there yeah, um, and war and the fight against uh, evil, fight against genocide, uh, the Nazis, um, Mussolini. Mm. Um, I'm less familiar with the war in the Pacific, the war in Korea, the war in Vietnam. I'm much more familiar with World War II in Europe and I've been to Normandy um, and seen the graves. Uh, I've been to concentration camps mm. and seen the ovens and mm-hmm. the gas chambers. And so um, I would like to think uh, more than at least some people and, and maybe certainly more than younger generations, especially who just haven't traveled much or whatever. I, I just have a deep appreciation and love for the freedoms we have and uh, – with all of our junk um, and mistakes and and shortcomings, oh, I love our country. I love the freedoms we have, freedom of speech, mm-hmm. um, the the shared desire for for good. Uh, sure, sure, doesn't feel that way sometimes with our partisan politics and infighting and um, you know vitriol online and all that. But I, I think if I can somehow look past all that, uh, I just see so much to be grateful for. And of course, I mean, you and I are talking to each other and we know, we know one or more of our listeners is in the military. One of our, mm-hmm. more of our listeners has been in combat and, and put their life on the line for these freedoms we celebrate today. Yeah. You know, so, um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's you know, I'm 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 grateful for the the continued struggle of mm. of, you know, what, this experiment, right, yeah, this the, grand as, experiment. As they would say this is a grand experiment of um, 235 you know, years later, whatever yeah, it is. You know, but it's just like it, when you look at when you look at other countries around the world, um many that are are very similar yeah. in freedom and in 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 liberty and those kinds of things that they still are, you know, a lot of them are very small and yes. compact. And it's like, there, but there's so much diversity in what is the United States, um, whether you're talking about race or income or, uh, you know, like I love, I love the languages 
Mm. Um, you know, whether you want to call it dialects or languages, I think it's more fun <laughs> to call them languages because <laughs> it's like different words and meanings and everything. But like from different parts of the country, yeah. where it's like, I mean, if you're from if you're from Oklahoma or Texas, okay, I get you, I can understand. Um, but Shelly Shelley White, or if you're Shelly White, <laughs> you know, and you use different phrases, and I I like to I like to get on Tanner all of it all the time because I'm like I don't I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what you just said. Jordan uses phrases, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means. Yeah, you know, I've learned, I've learned multiple new words since Jordan came on yeah. staff with us. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And but, but it's like it's it's so much fun. It's just like you know, California is going to sound different, yes. and they act different, and they look yes. different. And you know, it's fun to just watch the different the different ways that people react to things, and then still try to come together as one country and you, you know in, what you know i'm encouraged even by you bringing that up and what did i say uh two sundays ago is relationships are supposed to be hard like right. we shouldn't be surprised they're hard we shouldn't be surprised they require a ton of work right the ceiling is high though like right. we can experience wonderful relationships it's the same thing with the grand experiment of our country there like you go. it's supposed to be really complicated it's supposed to be really hard right and yet the ceiling is so high mm-hmm. on how beautiful it can be, how wonderful it can be. You just got to take the struggles with the right, the beauty, I think. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good perspective today, I think. You know, it's Ford. just so many different cultures and all those things. It, what we like to call it the melting pot, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like you can go into one part of a city and you're literally got to speak a it's different a, language a in different, a lot of ways. It's and, a different world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I, I mean, even cool d- dare me. I use the election word in times like this, but as as messy as this is and as loud as some voices are for saying the election was rigged and as loud as some voices are that saying that's crazy, I, I, that's one of my favorite things about our country is we get to vote. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over that. Like there are multiple, multiple, multiple countries, whether it's a monarchy or it's a dictatorship um, or it's a, you know, it's a fake election, you mm-hmm. know, that they've never really had a mm-hmm. real one. It's so corrupt. Um, I love that. It, there's a reason why we go red, blue, red, blue, blue, red, red, blue, red, red, blue, blue. Like it, mm-hmm. it's there's so many different. You, you just look at the cycle of political parties in power in Congress and in the executive branch, and it's it's a it's a messy, beautiful picture <laughs> of. Of the people get a say, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, if we can just avoid the cynicism and somehow stay, if not idealistic, hopeful, uh-huh. you know. Um, well, since you went so serious and I did get a little serious, yeah, there. you did real fast. Um, what? Uh, just to pull it back to Uh-oh. lightheartedness. I'm, I'm nervous now. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, c- can you can you think of like when was the the best fireworks show? Oh, ever. In your in your existence, was that a Fourth of July? Mm-hmm. Was that uh, something else in Germany that they shoot off fireworks? I don't know. I don't know if they shoot fireworks. Is there something else? Uh, Is it a New Year's Eve? I'll give you time. So you got you got yours. I got I've got mine. So we used to we used to live like um, in, in Oklahoma City. We lived really close to a college, and they would shoot off tons of fireworks from their football field. Okay, and so we would go and lay down like as close as you could get they wouldn't let you on the field but like in the parking lot and everything around it and so everybody would come bring their blankets and everything you lay down and literally you're looking just straight up like you're not like sitting up looking over there yeah it's literally like right above you and it would like everything smelled like smoke and it would just come down mm-hmm. you know and so you were like in the midst of it all and it was so loud mm-hmm. and i think about my kids would would hate that so that one's that was really good growing up but then we moved to um when we got married carrie Kay and i got married we moved to california and we lived in Huntington Beach for a couple of years, um, and they would shoot them right off of the pier. Um, that's like right downtown, right off the beach, and so you would do the same thing, but Ooh, you'd go cool. and you'd lay Over in the, the sand, water. and so the wa- like the that's waves cool. are the waves are crashing onto the sand, and you're just a little bit farther up from that, mm. and they're literally shooting them almost straight up, and and literally it was probably, I mean the the amount of fireworks is insane. Like I can't mm. imagine how much some something like that actually costs, but it was um it was phenomenal and I can't imagine something beating that. And so that was that's my favorite. Well I I do think my two things. I think my favorite 
was not a fireworks show. It was Cameron Park, Waco, Texas, freshman year. Um, and we just blew up all kinds of things. And I got hit in the chest with a Roman candle <laughs> and burned a little tiny, it looked like a cigarette uh-huh. burn in my t-shirt. And I just thought that was the coolest, even though I had no idea how dangerous that was. Uh-huh. Um, don't do, don't try that at home. Um, but I think my favorite, you've already, you've already talked about twice. Now you've talked about <laughs> shooting Roman candles at each other. Like we same, should go do this for the record. It was the same incident, but, uh-huh. uh, this, the, the, the best show ever, I, I guess I had to think about it, but when we lived in Houston for 17 years, I uh, went to my fair share of Astros games and, okay. uh, um, I remember July 4th weekend, um, we were at an Astros game and I don't know if it was on the fourth or not, but it was right around there. And, uh, Minute Maid Park, the the I the, like uh, Minute the, Maid Park. Oh, it's a great baseball it's pretty park. Pretty cool. And the top was off because it was um, it was hot, but the top was off because it, of the fireworks. Right. And so after the game, I don't even remember caring if we won or lost. But after the game, everybody stayed, and you got the the Houston skyline with all the buildings and the mm-hmm. lights, and then boom, 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 and they you know spared no expense. Right. And uh, I mean, that's really the correlation for me is a great fireworks show is what's their budget. You know, uh-huh. if it's if it's me, it's going to be pretty lame. Right. If it's my neighborhood, <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. You go to the Houston Astros right. downtown exactly. Houston Minute Maid Park. It was like it just you thought it was over and you didn't even realize it wasn't even half over. It's just right. Bam, 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 bam. And, and then you get to the end of it. Like the grand the crescendo is the like, best. Here is literally everything we could find that was. Left. OK, let it all go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's like no coordination to any of it. And it's yes. just like explosions everywhere. Do we have anything? I, I ask this naively, probably because I've been visiting family and stuff. Um, I've only been here. This will be my fourth Fourth of July this Sunday, sun, this summer. Um do we have any traditions? Wichita Falls, unique. This is where you go in our part of the state, in our city, for the best fireworks show. If I remember correctly, I think that there is like a back and forth between shooting them at the base and then shooting them downtown like at the impact. Oh, impact. I yeah, think. Downtown. I think, but we're doing the same way. We've we been out of town. This. We've been out of town a lot of times for okay. for this as well. But there's a we've we've always gone down and uh, we there's a um, there's like a like a nursing home that's downtown and it's always fun to go down there. Like we've sat we've like sat right outside of this nursing home and so we've always had like great interactions with some of the uh, older folks that are there, like talking to our kids and stuff. And while our kids are terrified of the loud fireworks and that is a unique. I know. I'm. I'm just saying. Like that's where we always end up. Collision of worlds. <laughs> it's. It's true. It's true. I don't know. So we, yeah, we've we've gone downtown and and done that. And then you know, it's the same thing as always. It's like okay, well now you have to get back to your car, and then you have to figure out how to get out of the mm. the mess of everyone trying to do the same thing. And yeah, and the kids are all exhausted and everything mm. at the same time. But but it's also like the concrete is hot because it's July. Yeah. And, so you have to bring blankets or chairs or something because right, you can't right. just like lay down on the ground. It's scorching. I don't know. I do have vague memories. My wheels are spinning. I have vague memories of being a teenager in Europe. And I remember Americans at least at least a handful of times like being confused as to why it wasn't being celebrated. And I'm like, <laughs> even as a kid, I'm like, because we're in Germany. Because like, it's not. But you should celebrate it too. Yeah. <laughs> As Americans, that comes with That's the really territory. Funny. We love our country, and we kind of don't understand why everybody else doesn't celebrate what we celebrate. <laughs> oh, man. We are in the middle of uh, our At The Movies build. Um, literally this... Literally in the we, middle of it. We have paused for the weekend. There are paint stains on the cafe floor. There definitely are. <laughs> uh, we don't have everything put out where it's going to be, and we got a few more days to get that done. I'm but getting a little excited, though, Brooke. You're starting to see I know. a picture of what our experience is going to be. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, we were working out some details, and, and so a few of us were there late last night, and and uh, just getting it just getting it ready to go. And, right. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Love it's it. Coming to better, it's coming together better, better than I 
I think in my in my weak moments, I'm like, oh man, yeah. I hope this is. I, I will confess, in our in my weak moments, you know, we have less people to work with. We have we have purposely. Um, well, I shouldn't say that we're spending a decent amount of money on it relative to other things, but we've we've known we've got to be frugal. Um, yep, and we've got to be obviously always creative. And I just, I think I was just a little like curious, maybe is the best way to put it. Is this going to, and, and now I'm starting to get stupid excited. Yeah. I've seen the edited finished versions of uh, our first one. I've seen already enough to see what the cafe specifically is going to look like um, when people walk in on Sunday and um, it just makes me smile. I'm excited. Okay, so uh, I don't know. I don't know the the order of them. I've been told multiple times, and I just for some reason can't lock order it in my mind. Order of the movies. Of the movies. You right? mean to rattle those off right yeah, now? Yeah, Brooke? totally. Just tell us all. No, so it's The Exorcist, <laughs> and then Keep Jaws. Going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I believe uh, Saturday Night Fever. Okay. Uh, followed by oh, Gone with the Wind. I believe we tried to pick a short family friendly <laughs> movie. <laughs> That's all I got. I can't remember the last one. <laughs> can't remember what that one is. I think it's the four-hour Justice League. I think League. it's a Beavis and Butthead special we, and we Butthead. finish with. what? Uh, so because you know them, because you, you, you were a heavy part of all of this, um, and I just don't remember what's coming which week, which week are you expecting to be your favorite movie of these five? So, so don't say the title, obviously. Don't say the title. Just which week do you expect mm. is going to be your favorite? Um... Ooh. And I get to put you on the spot because I don't remember the order, so I can't tell you. I think I am the most excited about the both the first and third weekends. The first and third weekends. Mm-hmm. That's great. You sound, but, you sound just like my daughter. I'm like, what's your favorite? And she's like, these five. I'm like, okay. Well, I, can I confess? <laughs> I think I've got the first one on my brain. I just watched the edited version sure. of it, and I'm genuinely excited about it. Cool. Um, my favorite move uh, that's what it is my i think i'm most excited about the first one my favorite movie of the five we're going to show is the third one okay yeah can you uh move away from your microphone and mouth what that is okay yeah that's cool i'm excited about that one too um okay enough about that we've talked about the movies a lot and we're just in the middle of it all so it's crazy but uh how about our origin story yes so um tell me this are we are we done with Acts after this after this this past weekend, the, or are we coming back? The short answer is we are not done. We are coming back. Okay. It, just to you should everybody should logically assume that only because we got all the way through Acts seventeen, and there are twenty eight chapters of Acts. Um, so no, we're not done. Now, not only are we hitting the pause button for at the movies, but um, we're going to do something else together as a church after at the movies. Um, I promise you, I'm really excited about us coming back to the book of Acts and finishing the book of Acts this next school year. Right. Um, we're just, we're just taking the liberty of, you could say this was our second run at Acts. We did it in the fall for a while, took a big break, did it in the spring, early summer for a while. Mm -hmm. We're taking a big break and we'll finish it sometime later this school year. Uh, so we're coming back. In our, in our third swing at it? Our third swing. We will have conquered the 28 chapters of... (laughs) The account of the early church <laughs> in three massive swings, massive chunks. Yes, that's okay. Okay, so so this so this week, um, this this past Sunday, you're talking about um, Paul and Silas going, basically going from one town to another. Yes, um, sharing the good news, getting run out of town, having more people join the join the group, being loved on by local people, and basically having to run under the cover of night to get to the next place. Yeah, it was this, uh, as I mentioned, it, um, it, it's this cycle. It's They share the gospel. Uh, the chur- A new church, a new community is, is started, mm-hmm. and then they get run off, or mm-hmm. they get criticized, or they, you know, they, they face opposition or persecution. Right. That's probably the best word over and over and over and over again. Um, yeah, that's that's the that's the whole. I didn't I didn't make a big deal about the title of my message, but lather, rinse, repeat, lather, yeah. rinse, repeat, lather, rinse. It's it's the story of the movement of of the Church of Jesus. Is good news is shared, it's received by some, right, and taken off with, 
but it's also rejected and mocked by some. Right. And there's all kinds of fallout. I, you know, I thought that was interesting um, when I was reading through 17 um, compared to some of the previous ones, some of the times that, that uh, you know, Paul gets up and speaks and, and then it says, you know, the following scripture is like, and many people were added and tons of people, you know, it didn't say tons yeah. of people. You know, it's that, it's that implication that there were a lot of people that did this. And then, then they, you know, at the beginning of 17, they go to Thessalonica and, and it says, and some Jews, yeah, and some Greeks. Well, it actually, or, or says, more more Greeks. It says some of the Jews who listened were persuaded and joined, along with many many of the God fearing Greek, yeah. Greek men and quite a few prominent women. So it, there's an implication there that more non Jews right. jumped on the bus. Yeah, it was just I thought it was interesting. Just yeah. it was like, and some some people did. Yeah, you know. It was, you know, we, we live by we live by like these big numbers and grand events and yep. all this kind of stuff that it's like it's nice to see that's like, yeah, not everybody bought in that time. I, I love your point because it does speak to just the variety of responses. Mm-hmm. But but just to just to play devil's advocate then or not <laughs> not devil's that's not the right term to add to the results. You know, then they go to Berea, the second town right. in this account. And it says, as a result, many Jews believed. Mm-hmm. So, man, it just. You know what it, it speaks to me? I didn't say this in the teaching, but the results are going to vary, and we cannot right. base our obedience. Like, were we obedient or were we not? has nothing to do with what were the results. Like, yep. you may be obedient in sharing the gospel with your friend, your coworker, your family member, and they may never come to Christ. Mm. In fact, there's a chance they put walls up and and it doesn't go well, and it it, it even creates a rift right. potentially, especially if we do it poorly. But even mm-hmm. if we do it well, mm-hmm. and that does not mean we weren't faithful. Um, and at the same time, can I just can I just be this vulnerable as a pastor? I have given some of my worst sermons when I was the <laughs> least prepared, and I was the least, you know, um, in the moment, passionate or. Um, maybe having a rough time with my, my wife or in my own thought life about doubts or whatever. And, you know, 11 people say, I want to follow Jesus yeah. and get baptized. And you're like, what just happened? Right. Which I think God does just to remind us, it's not really about That's you, right. buddy. You know? So it, I, you, make, you make a good point. You, we can look at these different towns and these different encounters that they had with people, and the results were all over the map. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I, I love that just because, you know, I, I think we, we, we like to get into this mindset that if something big doesn't happen, that we weren't, it, we, we didn't uh, do it. We didn't do it right. We didn't do it right. Or we God wasn't in it or, or God wasn't, or, yes. you know, I messed up somehow. And it's like, man, you know, just like you said, like if I'm sharing the gospel or sharing some part of the gospel, even yes. with a neighbor or a coworker or whatever, maybe they don't ever follow Jesus. Maybe they do, and it's down the road, and it's at a different church that is not the same one, and that doesn't mean that I did it wrong, or yeah. I didn't play my part right, or I wasn't used by God. That's what we like to say, right? right? We, I, wasn't, I wasn't used by God because they didn't, you know, immediately raise their hand and... Well, in fact, the gospel... I mean, what I, I quoted Jesus in Matthew when he said, I, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Yeah. And... and Again, he's not talking about violence. He's not talking about passing out, you know, Tommy guns. He's <laughs> he's talking about um, I came to divide the heart. Uh-huh. I came to call to a fork in the road. Yeah. Like it doesn't get any more disruptive in life right. than to be called to a fork in the road. So I was I was about to ask you about this because right. So he's that's I've seen this scripture used, and maybe maybe that's all I need to say is I've seen the scripture used. But I've seen this in in places where it's like no 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 that's it's it's okay to be violent it's okay to do whatever because he says I didn't know I'm not here to bring peace I'm here to bring a sword I'm uh, you're you know put a man against his his father and daughter against mother and um, so on and so forth there's uh, but you're saying that this is this no, is about the heart and it's not it's, about it's not about violence there's no stinking way he didn't teach his followers. even I'll digress on that because I get passionate about this even later when he's when he's telling his followers to what to bring he's like um, grab a sword right 
and they and and people jump on that on that versus right. the only other time he talks about grabbing a sword. Actually, there's the third time is when he tells Peter, "Put that sword away. That's yeah. not how I operate. Right. That's not my king. You know, that's not the kingdom we're going for." That speaks really loud, loudly to me. First of all, mm-hmm. but even when he told him to bring a sword, which people go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" He told his disciples to grab a sword, but then they come back, twelve of them with two swords, and he goes, "Ah, that's enough." <laughs> Do you think if his way was violence? He'd be traveling with thirteen plus people, going, "Oh, we got two swords. We're good." Mm-hmm. Like just logic. Like he's he is not the way of Jesus. Read the Sermon on the Mount. Read all these interactions he had with people. Read his call to self sacrifice. His call to um, not be served but to serve. All the way to his his journey to the cross. Um, his ways are not our ways. His ways are not of power over, they're of power under. His ways are of not of violence, they're of love and grace and strength of courage, not strength of might, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I realize there's a lot of other parts of the Bible, the Old Testament and some things we that come into this conversation, but you want to talk about what Jesus did, what Jesus taught, what Jesus modeled. It is consistent. That's why I read this right here. Don't imagine that I come came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Seems odd coming from the Prince of Peace. If you don't understand what he's talking about, it Mm. on its surface it seems very odd. But just put that in the context of everything else he taught and did, and it's not confusing. It's he came to say, You want to follow me? You need to die. Mm. That's not peace. That's that is quandary. (laughs) That is Mm. dilemma. That is what am I going to do? You know, that's what he means. Um, And that's why I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. Again, he's not talking about civil war. Mm -hmm. He's talking about, you know what? You're going to die to self and follow me, and your own mom might really not like that. Mm. And are you going to follow your mom, or are you going to follow me, the king of the universe? You know? Um, it's why when his mom and, um, one or more siblings came to the door early mm-hmm. on and said, we want to see Jesus, we want to see Jesus. And he's like, they, they're like, Hey, your mom and your sister are at the door. And he's like, who is my mother? <laughs> who is my sister? He wasn't being snarky. He was even then in the moment trying to, my understanding from, from the scholars, even that, that teach this, it, my understanding is that he was saying, do you understand? I'm calling you to something even bigger mm-hmm. than the nuclear family even bigger than relationships with the closest people on your left and right. I'm calling you to my, to the King. I'm calling you to the kingdom, which is so much bigger. So just went on a little rant there, but, um, back to these different encounters, Paul and Silas and Timothy and others had with different people, groups, different responses. Should we be surprised about persecution, about getting run out of town, about conflict, when the very nature of the gospel is to call to repentance. Like if the end, even no matter how graciously you start, like Paul did time and time again, or how much you focus on felt needs before you get to the final real needs, eventually you get to, and God says, come back to me. Mm. God says, pull a 180, quit wanting that, quit chasing after this, make me your king. It's a call. It's, it's costly mm-hmm. and therefore there's going to be resistance. Yeah. I resisted. I resisted for several years. I heard the gospel, totally got it and went, Nope. And of course my life just got harder and worse and <laughs> messier. And, um, but, but as you, as you, you gave us that list of the, of the, the ways that, um, the, basically the, the, the characteristics—I can't remember what you what your line was—but the characteristics of Paul as he's delivering these is like how he was, and and yes, it ended with um, a callback to Jesus. Like yes, that's that's what it is. But it started with he was gracious. Yes. yes. So, and we we've talked about this with um, you know I think it was I think it was Tanner specifically that that um, um, you can you can I can't remember exactly how he says it, uh, but something like um, you can only challenge as much as you've been um, in relationship with someone um, and it, so I think about I think back to college um, there was a uh, there was a guy that was um, I, I honestly I don't know 
any of his history or anything because I don't know that anybody ever actually got to know him. But um, he was called Preacher Bob. Preacher Bob. Preacher Bob. And uh, and he would sit out and no, sorry, he didn't sit. He stood literally on a soapbox of of some sorts of like a crate. And he would take out there, and he would stand in the middle of, mm. like, outside the student union, so it was big. A true big street, grassy, street preacher. Right, big grassy area that people were playing, you know, throwing the football around or Frisbee or whatever. And he would stand out there while, while everybody was, was changing between classes. Sure. And he would stand out there, and he would just yell and scream and tell everybody that they were going to hell. And he would pick out this this girl that was wearing something that you shouldn't be, you know, wearing Ooh. this, this thing. And, and usually it was like a, like far more, um, modest than that sounds like, yeah, like, like sure. she's wearing a t-shirt, sure. you know, and it's like, well, you're not covering up enough. And well, this was Oklahoma, you know, so, uh, <laughs> but, but it was like, it, there was no grace at all right. in anything that he preached. Everything he preached was hell and damnation and you're doing it wrong. And, this it was it was the jump to the call back to Christ, like the call of repentance mm. in this uh, in this like horrible like you're the worst package, which is still done to this day in different circles. for sure for sure different churches different street corners, sure and it's just like it, it, and so to me this is this is like a um, you know as you talked about being gracious mm. um, that doesn't mean that we don't get there, but you also have to connect with them in some way and that's why you know as, as we'll we'll talk about the the tomb of the unknown god or the, the tomb the uh the altar to the unknown god you know it's like w- when he goes when when paul goes to different places he meets the jews in the synagogue and he talks as we've talked about you know he talks about the history and the law even i would argue even in that even in that uh, effort, he's being gracious. I'm going right. to step no, into they, yeah, their exactly, world, exactly. That's, that's and I'm going to speak their language. Right. It's in their context. And I'm not going to and... point and yell, and I'm not going to call them idiots for missing missing the boat. Right. We don't have any any sense of him doing that. I agree. Mm-hmm. I know where you're going, and I I'm jumping in. I agree. No, yeah, and that, I mean that's just it's just so stark of a contrast yes. because I remember, like, I I was working at a church. You know, at, at at some of this leading worship and um, and to go out there and it was like, ooh, I don't want to have any association with this dude at all. And I mean, just to sit there and listen to people that would, you know, that would that would sit there and listen to him and snicker and you know laugh at the things, and he would just it would just enrage him more, mm-hmm. and he would just get bigger and and just just more and more angry, and then everybody would finally just be like, okay, I got to go to class. I really, I mean, I'm I'm probably so biased about this, but I think that just comes from a place of fear. You know, I think, I think even the people that are drawn to that fire and brimstone approach of sharing the gospel are scared out of their minds. You know, um, I confess, uh, people don't know this about my story. I don't know how much I shared, but I went down, I went down the aisle, so to speak, at age seven, at a camp that I tagged along with from our church. It wasn't, I think, it was mostly for middle schoolers. Um, maybe high schoolers as well, but I went with my dad and some other people. And I remember going down the aisle mm-hmm. to become a Christian. This was a big moment for me. But the the primary thing I remember is being scared out of my mind. Mm. Like it wasn't a love for God. It wasn't a sense that I was loved by God. It wasn't an understanding, I think, of the links he went to for me. Yeah. It was fear. It yeah. was, I don't want to go to hell, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, even though there's truth in that, there's truth in our, my need for a Savior, even at, at that young age. I think as I got into junior high and high school, I started to resent that. Mm. Part of my own journey spiritually was not only what do I believe and, mm. God, are you really there? And does this really mean this or that? Or are, is this true? But even back to that decision I had made that was publicly celebrated in my church setting was like, ah, was I manipulated into that? Like, Mm. was I just scared out of my mind? You know? Um, And that's why when people ask me, when did you start your Christian life? When did you start following Jesus? When would you become a Christian? I say 20 because Mm. it really wasn't. And I'm not going to argue. The Lord may say, he may smile at me and go, 
I took your life. I took your heart when you were seven. And I'll be fine with that. Right. But theologically for me, I look back to 20 when I literally got down on my knees yeah. and wept and said, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I still struggle with sin ever since, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, but that's a marker for me. Um, because so, I think, I think because I got to understand grace, maybe that's, yeah. maybe that's where you're going is you, we got to start. What, what did we read a couple chapters ago, three chapters ago in Acts is they said it is by grace alone, you know? Yeah. It, it is the only way we're saved is the work of God, not on our part, but on his part. And it's a gift. You know, Paul says elsewhere, it's a gift. We can't b- even boast about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a gift. And so I love that we see time and time again these missionaries, these messengers of the gospel like Paul, that they, it, it starts with grace. It doesn't start with pointing and yelling. Uh, even if it finishes very clearly with a call to repentance, mm-hmm. a challenge that does lead to persecution and jealousy and hatred and all kinds of stuff, he doesn't start that way. He starts with, let, let's, go to, let's go to the encounter he had with the people in Athens. Um, this is one of my favorite short portions of the entire Bible. I think it's impacted my philosophy of ministry. Yeah. It's partly why I went on Young Life staff. It's partly why I loved running alongside teenagers with the music they were listening to and the language they were speaking and the video games they were playing and feeling like, oh, if I want to love these kids well, these students well, I need to I need to be in their world. Yeah. I need to I need to speak their language. I need to play those games. Mm. I need to be, as Paul says, I need to be all things to all people. I need to be, I need to be a big kid with these folks, mm. at least in certain moments. And um, and even now at fifty two, I just don't. I have no desire to be the church that speaks. It's another reason why I love the NLT. If I can digress, mm-hmm. is I don't like reading the ESV or using a ton of Greek and Hebrew. Even though there's interest from a lot of people for that, I, w- I want to speak the language that our friends and neighbors can come and do life with us, and they understand what the heck we're talking about. Um, that's a little rabbit trail. I'll get back to to Athens. I love what, what jumped out to you. I know we I know we talked just a little bit. I, I sense that you're you really enjoyed this particular encounter as well that Paul had with these Athenian thinkers. Yeah, in the t- in the um, Oropagus and am I, am I saying that right? Oh my gosh, I don't have my notes in front of me. But in that that central place where the philosophers would come and the thinkers would come, I picture old men with cigars in in lounge <laughs> chairs. I know that's not what it looked like, but yeah. but they would come and they would debate and they would they would argue, and I feel like Paul just stepped right into the middle uh-huh. of that. What what about this encounter? Did you? Enjoy or well, I, I think I'm very similar to you in in a lot of ways. Uh, in in you know this is this is is speaking their language and mm. using their context and the things that they understood, and that's always been a big thing for me um, in church. Like, you know, I, I'm I'm not saying we should water down anything, sure, but we should say it in ways that that can that people can understand, right. And when we use big church words that only people in church understand, then you know what barriers are we putting up for people to un- to to be able to follow Jesus? Because I don't have any idea what this guy's talking about. Sure, that, that doesn't make any sense. I don't even know what that word means. That's a big word. Yeah, great. I love that you can use Greek. But are you are you going to translate or, to me? Or I would even say, at worst case, even if it was not intended by the person speaking with a good heart, uh, I think at worst it can it can make someone go, oh, well, I can I can't I can't jump on the bus. I can't be a Christian because I don't know what you know. Yeah, I can't do this because oh, you're super smart and I'm not. Sure. Okay. It's just different barriers. Oh well, I'm gonna go watch Netflix. Like, <laughs> like it, it has to be accessible. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really believe that. And so that's what I love about this is that he he literally just starts there and he's like, all right, here's what you guys know, and and this is the pattern that we see mm. over and over and over everywhere he goes. He is relating to them in the ways and the things that they yes. know. Whether it's the Jews, whether it's the Greeks, yes. whether it's these old men that are sitting around in in robes smoking cigars, as you said, in their in their place. And, I mean. Think about how how bold that is. Yeah, to be able to 
Um, you know, how, how many times do we kind of shy away from an opportunity maybe to talk about something because we're worried about the holes that somebody might try to poke in it. Mm -hmm. And he just says, <laughs> bring it on. Cause he's going to go in front of all the people that this is literally what they do is yeah. sit around and argue and debate things. And you know what? We don't have, we don't have evidence of this because we know Paul was really, really smart and really good at this. So, but I just, I have a hard time not believing that there was one or more moments on this day that one of those old men in his robe and cigars said, okay, but hold on. Yeah, what about but, da, da, yeah, da, 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 da. Uh -huh. And I just, I'm banking on the fact that Paul went, Hmm, that's a great question. <laughs> I don't know about that, but you know what I do know? Like, I just, I, I think I, I wish we had evidence of that because it would free me up. Cause I know that's, that's my life is yeah. I want to step into those, conversations with people knowing I don't have to have all the answers. Yeah. I even learned that in the finance world with Edward Jones is I finally got to a place, not where I knew it all. I finally got to a place where I had enough confidence in knowing some things and confidence in being able to admit, Ooh, wow. I don't, I don't know about that particular stock. That's a great question, but you know what? I, I, I know that I can call somebody. Yeah. Let me get back with you. Yeah. Let's talk about that again tomorrow. Right. I will call you tomorrow, or we'll we'll talk next week at our appointment about some of those things. What other questions do you have? I don't have to have all the answers, mm. you know. Um, that's just, I think I think you you hit on the head is a, a little bit of fear of holes being poked in what we do and don't know or are unsure of by some smart people. Yeah, you know. Well, we live in a world where that is, you know, not having the answer is a big deal. Is yeah. a is a, is a fault. You know, um, even even when I worked for Apple, you 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 know you talk about Edward Jones. When I worked for Apple, back in the I day, think at the Apple Store, you're supposed to know everything, right? They you you would think so, <laughs> but would. one of the things that they just drill into your head is if you don't know, it's okay. Tell them you don't know. Don't make something up. Golly, like, just go to them and say, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. Let's Holy go, moly! So your let's Apple, go talk to your somebody Apple store. Um, yep story is completely consistent with my Edward Jones finance story. Why as Christians mm -hmm. do we think it should be different with Bible knowledge right. or an understanding of the God of the universe, <laughs> the, the biggest mystery of all? Why are we not more okay with going, ah, that's a great question. I yeah, don't no, know. No. Because I think, I think part of it is we don't know where to go for the answers. But, well, that's probably not a sufficient answer for me because I don't understand why people can't go to their peers, why they can't go to pastors, why they can't go to books. Even if it like, like, I guess let's take that to the nth degree. <laughs> if, okay. if, you know, Joe Smith, just random person doesn't know the answer that his coworkers asking him. And then he goes to his small group mm -hmm. and they don't know or he gets very different answers. And then he goes to his pastor and his pastor goes, Whew, that's, that's one that's troubled me my whole life. I don't know either. And then he starts reading a couple books and he can't find the answer. Okay. What if in the end, Joe Smith has to go back to his coworker and go, that's a great question, man. I've even asked some of my good Christian friends and I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, boy, faith is mysterious, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, like the Bible literally teaches us that our way, our ways are not his ways, yeah. that his his ways are higher than ours. There's still room for mystery. There's still right. room for the unknown, and and there's still room. What well, we've talked about the last few weeks. There's still room for even disagreement in those mm -hmm. gray areas. And uh, I th golly, I think we've got to be more and more okay with that. Um, back to Paul. I love that he grabbed that altar. And said, "Oh, look! You guys have an insurance policy over here. All in case there's a God you're not thinking of. Right? Um, guess what? I know him. It's uh, like it's like elf <laughs> moment. I know him. You know. And so I think you said that last week. I did. That's two weeks. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> two weeks elf, in a row. Yeah. Elf has made our podcast. But but in all seriousness, he's like, let me jump on that. Does that spark your curiosity? The unknown God. Let me tell you about him. And then I love side by side. What does he say to Jews in a synagogue? He talks about, okay, the one, you know, the one you've been waiting for? Mm -hmm. I know him. Mm -hmm. But he didn't say that. 
He doesn't say that to these Stoic philosophers and Greeks. He doesn't say, hey, you know the one you've been waiting for? Because they're like, no, I haven't been waiting for anybody, you know? <laughs> he doesn't say that. He says, you know, you know this unknown God over here? Right. I know the one who made everything. Mm. These idols all over the place, he's even bigger. Mm. He's made everything. It's all about him. We owe him everything. Like, I love the different approaches brilliantly he took with two very different people groups. Yeah. Um, I tried to insert this at the end of my teaching, just going back to this quote um, in the middle of his, I guess, mini sermon there, mm-hmm. there to these guys um, that ties to our at the movies approach, which I'm so excited about. <laughs> and he said, as some of your poets have said, we are his offspring. Like he just, he doesn't quote the Bible. He doesn't quote some famous you know, Christian celebrity. <laughs> he doesn't quote Jesus. He literally says, oh, let me just go right into your pop culture. Let me go right into your, <laughs> you know, the stuff that you guys know and talk about and laugh about. And let me quote them. See, that's true. And if that's true, he says, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. Um, I just, I love that right there in the middle, it doesn't say at the movies, <laughs> but but let me let me put you on the spot. What does that speak to you about the the effectiveness, or at least potential effectiveness, of something like at the movies? I mean, we've we've talked about this, you know, several times that that that's that's how Jesus taught. Paul is teaching very similarly. He's teaching stories that they would know. Um, whether or not he's, you know, Jesus, Jesus was, was, seemed like he was making up some of the scenarios and Paul is literally taking, this is, Mm. this is where you are. And, and so for us to look at, you know, an at the movies type of a thing, it's taking things that people know, you know? Yeah. What do we do when we go see a movie? I went and saw you, you, you know, Top Gun came out. You went and saw it like the, that day, right? And you came back and you were all excited about it and wanted to talk about it. That was so fun. But I hadn't seen it. So we can't have that conversation. Right. Now I go, I went and saw it last week. And And and, I've seen it. You've seen it. Now we can talk. Now we can have this conversation that makes a lot of sense. Wasn't it interesting that? Didn't it make you love that part? Yeah. Yeah. It's a shared experience. It's a shared. Yeah. And so while, while we could say, sure, not everybody has seen all of the movies that we'll do, or maybe. Um, you know, and they're not going to be the same style that everybody watches or whatever, but it is much more common experience that we can, that we can deal with it. And it's a lowered barrier as well, because now it's like, okay, you want to come to something? This is a little, this is a different way to invite somebody to church. You don't have to come and hear us, you know, preach for 30 minutes and sing some songs that you're, you may be uncomfortable with or don't know or whatever. It's a, come sit down and and watch this. And we're going to walk you through the process of what we're telling you. Mm throughout the video and then you get to watch a movie is all a yeah. part of it and so to me it, it, i i'm with you it seems very relevant to uh where we find ourselves right here mm. in the beginning of july and you know what i realize that for some people um well shoot for some there's there's ultra traditionalists out there that you're not only supposed to dress a certain way uh, you're not only supposed to use a particular English translation of the Bible. Um, you're definitely not supposed to do this, that, or the other when the church comes together. Mm. Th- that that way of thinking, that that camp, so to speak, would see something like at the movies, sure, very negatively. Like, yeah, <gasps> you're showing a, mm-hmm. a movie. Mm-hmm. You're showing a PG thirteen. You're showing an R. You know, even though it's edited and there's clips and all that. That's not for church, you know, Mm -hmm. but you know what I would say? I would lobby. Okay. Then what do you think of what Paul did in Athens? Like you're, you're literally saying Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to engage culturally where people are. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just, I'm open to people and and there's reason why I think, especially we are a Baptist church and we've got, you know, different generations, uh, with us and different experiences. Um, I definitely have had, and thankfully it's only been a handful, but I've had a handful of conversations with people over the years that really don't don't care for at the movies. They think that it's, um, they haven't come out and said, oh, we shouldn't be doing it, but they just don't appreciate it mm. and would just as soon us not do it. Now, having said that, far overridden by the massive number of people who not only enjoy it, but who, who have said, 
that's what got me back to church. Yeah. That's what got me to colonial. That's what got me into a relationship with Jesus. I don't, I don't know that I've heard very many stories at all of people saying, oh, I watched uh, Christopher Robin, and then I gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> I don't think that's what we're lobbying for, you know? But I think they saw Christopher Robin, of all things, and it started conversation, and it started an openness to being a part of this community. Yeah. And they end up in a small group, and they ended up friends with so-and-so, and they ended up tagging along when all of a sudden we're studying the Sermon on the Mount, and they ended up being challenged by the words of Jesus, and they gave their life to Jesus. Well, and I mean, what do we what do we say earlier? Like, this is a—it's a journey, right? It's a journey. It's a, it's a process, and so we're going to play a part in that, potentially, hopefully— yes. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to see the final result right. right now. It doesn't mean that Christopher Robin is what got somebody introduced to Jesus. And to be clear, that's a movie we did, was it two years ago? Like four or five times now. Oh, so good. Brooke <laughs> gives me a hard time, by the way. I, actually, Brooke and several people give me a hard time because I lobbied <laughs> hard for that movie and thoroughly enjoyed it. And not everybody not everybody shares my, my love for it. I mean, it was film. good. It was I good. love it. It's, you know? I'm a dad, though. It's a dad film. It's a total <laughs> dad film. Well, I'm not a dad, so, you know. It just That's what I don't understand, is you are dad. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi and Winnie the Pooh. I mean, I'm in. What could you go wrong? I'm yeah. in. All right, we got to wrap this thing up. What are you excited about starting next week? Um, you know, middle of the summer with everybody going different directions, lots of reasons not to be at a church building on a Sunday morning in what's probably going to be somewhere between 90 and 100 degrees. And yet, of all times to have at the movies, just the festive atmosphere of eating popcorn or a hot dog or some candy uh, with a Coke in an auditorium. And uh, I know that uh, musically we're going to even do a little bit differently than we did the la- at least the last time or two um, with some fun. Uh, can, I, can I say? I shouldn't say. Just wait. I'll just wait. Uh, we're going to have some fun there. Um, I can, can I say? No, there's so much. See, there's so much. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Maybe I'm excited about Discovery. Yeah. I'm excited about people coming this Sunday, the 10th, at 9.15 or 11, and going home going, oh, that ah, is that's fun. What, that's what at the movie. Okay, does. next week, what are you what are you gonna wear? Dare I say that out loud? Ooh. Next week, let's let's do this or let's let's invite so and so. I think they would really like this, mm-hmm. you know. And so, mm-hmm. um, maybe worth saying actually on the podcast because we're gonna try to get the word out this week really well about it. Is is two of the five Sundays are blatantly family friendly? Yes. Um, and including this first one, the first one, this Sunday, for sure. So to be really clear, if you've got first through fifth graders this Sunday, and then uh, three weeks later, the thirty first, mm-hmm. so the tenth and the thirty first, and you'll, we'll, we'll remind you as they get closer. But this Sunday for sure, um, there will be no programming over in Building Two Forty Two where kids usually are. We're going to invite first graders and up all yeah. the way for first for first and up. For first, first grade and up, kindergarten and down, there's still kindergarten stuff. down. There's still stuff over there for them. We want you to be able to enjoy the movies. We don't, we don't want you know. Ideally, we don't want crying babies and everything in there. But um, first grade and up this Sunday, just come and have a blast. Now week two um, and week three, it's we're gonna have stuff for our kids. Those first two fifth graders will actually be doing some really fun at the movies related things over in their own yeah, space, specifically at the movies for kids. We've right, got some so. heavier stuff with you know, adult related that'll be in the auditorium. We really would, would encourage you not to have your little ones there. But so, so two of the five Sundays, including this first Sunday coming up this week, um, very, very kid friendly, very excited about it. Yep. Yep. Um, it's fun. So if you don't know at the movies, um, you'll get a, a fun crash course here in the first week and, and, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it like we do. And, um, you're welcome to come hungry uh, we'll have some concessions available, um, usually for about a buck each. Um, so you can get some, you know, your maybe some of your favorite theater candy or free popcorn. And yeah, you know. unlike Brooke, you at the Cinemark with your uh, cargo pants full of Skittles. <laughs> there's really no reason to do that here because everything's dirt cheap. And it's cheap, right? It's we're right. not making money off this stuff. We're yep. uh, yeah. I mean, usually the concessions pretty much break even, and <laughs> anything that they make on top of that is just right back to the same thing that before. Is it's it's supporting yeah. our student ministry. So, 
So definitely do that. Come and get your drinks. Um, you know, come and grab some candy. We'll have popcorn for free, and uh, that'll be available um, as many places as possible. And uh, so get your popcorn and come and take some pictures and enjoy. We're actually gonna um, we're gonna start well, maybe a little bit early. Um, won't be officially the start of the service, but we're gonna kick we're gonna kick off uh, just a little bit early before the service starts and. Ooh. A little um, teaser there. Come early? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, so service times are 9, 15, 11. 9, 15, 11. So that's a big deal because, you know, this this past weekend we only had our, our, our 10 a.m. service for Sunday. So um, we're back to our regularly, regularly scheduled programming of uh, 9, 15, and 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. So um, definitely be there. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Anything else? What else you got, Lauren? That's all I got, man. Looking okay. forward to it. All right. Happy 4th of July, Brooke. Hey, thanks. There you go. Back at me. <laughs> <laughs> Back at you. I don't know. Can I Can I even just say thanks? Or do I have to, like, repeat it back? God bless you. you. God bless you. <laughs> bless you. Bless your heart. <laughs> this has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com, or you can download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions, your feedback, podcast at colonialchurch.com. That's our email. Thank you for listening. We will pick up our conversation again next week when we dive into our movie with the first week of At The Movies. It's going to be a blast. Come hungry for popcorn and enjoy. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Happy 4th of July, everybody.